We're going to be this morning in the book of Luke, the book of Luke in the 23rd chapter of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 23, and I'm going to begin reading at the 13th verse. We sent a message out on on Thursday, prayerfully, everyone's already read the whole 23rd chapter, (laughs) but I'm going to be reading, begin reading at at the 13th verse. It reads thus. Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, you brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. But they all cried out together, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for a murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time, he said to them, why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they asked, but he delivered Jesus over to their will. Heavenly Father, what an awesome picture you you place in front of us through your scripture. We pray, Lord, that it be open now, that we will see clearly, Lord, that I will proclaim faithfully. Lord, that it would uh, guide us into action according to your spirit. Pray that your blessings be here uh, among your people now. Your name be glorified. Ask for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word, Lord. We also ask, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. After after 30 years on death row, Anthony Ray Hinton of, of Alabama was released at a retrial when it was discovered that the only evidence presented against him in the original case was actually incorrect and he had no involvement or connection with the crime he had been convicted of. His comment to the crowd and the cameras after his release was that, I want you to know that there is a God, 
he defended me. And those who played a part in sending me to death row will have to answer to him. This, this innocent man could have been put to death there in that prison. But God allowed him in grace and mercy to be set free. Uh, it troubles the mind to think that that kind of a thing could happen. But imagine now, even imagine, imagine being innocent of a crime, tried, found not guilty, and then still be sentenced to death. Imagine that. This is what the scripture today tells us happened to Jesus. It looks like a travesty of justice was was occurring. But this trial is a part of God's plan, and it gives us a picture of grace for the guilty, of God's grace for the guilty. We were in the book of Luke last week, and uh, to remind you, the book of Luke was written to give an orderly account of the things that took place in the life of Christ uh, in the beginnings of the church so that, so that believers can be certain about the things that we've been taught. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he traces the word and work of Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. Luke, the physician, the uh, historian, the Gentile. At this, at this point in the scriptures, Uh, Jesus has made known the soon approaching time of his death. Uh, He's been betrayed by a friend and led away from his place of prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He also endured an all-night interrogation by the leading priests and, and elders, along with beating and mocking, spitting, and false accusations. His trial then moves from the local courts to the state level, if you would. But instead of justice, we see a picture of grace for the guilty. Verse 13 says, Pilate then called together the chief priests and the rulers and the people and said to them, you you brought me this man as one who was misleading the people. And after examining him before you, behold, I did not find this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither did Herod, for he sent him back to us. Look, nothing deserving death has been done by him. I will therefore punish and release him. After unlawfully holding and trying Jesus, the rulers and religious leaders of the people had brought Jesus in front of the Roman governor Pilate, the prefect, who was charged with keeping the nation in order under Roman authority. The charges they brought against him uh, were three. One, misleading the nation, uh, forbidding to pay tax to Caesar, and calling himself Christ, which is a king. Uh, With these charges, they were accusing Jesus of turning the nation away from Rome or against Rome, Uh, promoting a resistance to the taxes that were demanded by Rome and and making himself king, 
trying to challenge the ruling authority of Caesar. These were big charges, but they were trumped up. They, they had made up in their minds that Jesus was guilty before they took him in and, and were seeking the death penalty. They expected at the trial that the governor would just agree with them and, and, and get on with it. But he found Jesus to be innocent. Pilate saw no proof of the tax evasion or any type of plan promoting an uprising against Rome. When he asked Jesus about being king uh, over in John chapter 18, verses 33 through 37, uh, we find that Jesus lets him know that his kingdom was a spiritual one grounded in people's response to the truth and not violence. Believing that Jesus was, was no threat to Rome, <clears throat> he tried everything to get the case over with quickly and get these people out of his presence. Knowing that Jesus was from Galilee, he even tried getting Herod, the appointed ruler of that territory, to take over the case from him. He tried to push it off to another court. Uh, this, this Herod uh, was Antipas, Antipas or Antipas. Uh, you might know his father. His father was Herod the Great, the, the one who had tried to kill Jesus as a child and had all the male children near his age put to death when he couldn't find Jesus because the wise men wouldn't let him know where Jesus was. Herod. Now, his son, Herod Antipas, here, was, a, was another immoral leader who unlawfully married his brother's wife and was the same one who had John the Baptist beheaded, Herod. Uh, that family name is probably one, you probably don't see it floating around much. I don't think anyone wants to connect with that because uh, there's more of them and it doesn't get any better. But as corrupt as this man was, he even had to acknowledge that Jesus was innocent and then send them back to Pilate. Pilate used this evidence and, and, and his own judgment to declare Jesus innocent and plan to release him. But, but in case we might begin thinking Pilate seemed like a pretty reasonable guy, uh, a fair guy, verse 16 adds that he decided to punish and then release him. If he's innocent, why the punishment? This, this was one of Rome's ways of keeping people in line. Pilate was suggesting some form of corporal punishment, a beating that he thought would satisfy the religious leaders in the crowd. And even though he uses a word for a less extreme beating, uh, like spanking, uh, it's a beating. Why should Jesus, as an innocent man, be punished at all? Mm. Instead of asking themselves that question or changing their minds, listen to how the crowd responds at Pilate's suggestion. But they all cried out together, away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. After Pilate gave his, his findings and plan to punish and release Jesus, the crowd of people 
who were stirred up by the religious leaders all joined in screaming for a prisoner exchange. The the word used to describe in the original language uh, how they were all crying out, that word is only used five times in the New Testament. Once it's used for the sound that the disciples made when they were out on the Sea of Galilee in a storm and they thought they saw a ghost when Jesus was walking by on the water. The the sound they made, they used the word to describe that sound. Uh, Can you imagine how they screamed out there in that storm when they thought they saw Jesus walking on water. The, the, the other three times it's used, it's used to describe the sound that demons made when they were being cast out by Jesus. And here, the last time, this, cry, this crowd is crying out with that kind of a screaming sound. The exchange they were shouting for was that a guilty man be be released instead of the innocent Jesus. Because of a custom of releasing one prisoner to the people during Passover that's uh, talked about in Matthew chapter 27 and, and Mark 15 and, and John 18, they, they chose and demanded that it be Barabbas instead of Jesus. Now, Barabbas was, was already in prison. He, he had really been a part of an insurrection. He had really tried to turn the people against Rome. Uh, uh, Barabbas was guilty. He had committed murder. But here they are faced with a choice between a murderer, one who takes life, and, and, and Jesus, the one who gives life, who, who had the testimony of giving life by Mary and and Martha and Lazarus, whom he had just raised from the grave not that long ago. They had a choice. They chose and demanded that it be Barabbas. They wanted the murder. They would rather have the murderer released and walking free with them, among them, than to acknowledge the truth of who Jesus is and have to submit to him. Uh, when, when, you're, when you're wrong or, or guilty, it's easier to have others in your company who are wrong and guilty as well than to be around someone who is right or guiltless or righteous. Birds of a feather. Surely they recognize by now, after all of this evidence, <laughs> that Jesus is innocent. But to acknowledge it would mean that, that they are guilty. So, so they keep it up, making their choice known. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. You know, when you're in an argument and you could be losing, the first thing you do is raise your voice. Not y'all, because y'all are gentle, spirit-filled people. But them, give us Barabbas. The world is, is like the crowd here that, that chooses to stand with the murderous and rebellious rather than accept the righteousness of God. Even Pilate can't seem to believe what they're doing. So he tries again and again to get them to drop their charges against Jesus. At 20, Pilate addresses them once more, desiring to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. 
And a, a third time he said to them, why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. I will therefore punish and release him. If we didn't know the rest of the story, we could almost feel bad for poor pleading Pilate having to deal with, with the, and face this murderous multitude, this mob. But we do know the end of the story, I believe. Again and again, he states his verdict. What it, what it should be is that Jesus is not guilty, undeserving of the sentence of death, <clears throat> carrying the weight of, of law and government. Pilate was declaring him innocent. In Matthew twenty-seven nineteen, we find out that not only uh, did he recognize legally that Jesus was innocent, but while he sat there on the judgment seat where they would carry out the court, while he sat there on the judgment seat as a judge, his, his wife sent him a message that, that she had been suffering in her dreams because of the trial of this innocent man, Jesus, and that he should have nothing else to do with it. If anyone could sway or talk sense into a man, it should be able to be his wife. I said, should. But this crowd is bloodthirsty. Uh, they, they went to Pilate because he had the right to call for and carry out the death penalty. They wouldn't settle for him, uh, Jesus, just being punished. They wanted Jesus permanently removed, taken out of the picture. So they, 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 they just dug in their heels, chanting, crucify, crucify him. Louder, louder, crucify. It, it, it would do us good to remember that sin is never satisfied. A beating of an innocent man just wasn't enough. Sin always wants to take it to the next level. So, so, so it's like, uh, you know, the, the commercial that says, I bet you just can't have one. Never, never get into a partnership with sin at all. Because sin won't ever leave you how it found you. It wasn't enough to, to beat and humiliate him. They wanted him dead. Pilate has to make a final judgment and, and, and make it stand. Uh, with a criminal standing to one side and an innocent man to the other, he, he had a decision to make. Would he do what's right and release Jesus, or would he do what the crowd was demanding? In, in, in some way or another, we, we're... We're faced with Pilate's choice every day. Every day, each day, there's, there's always a crowd crying for us to choose something sinful over Jesus. It may be a, a, a crowd of family. It may be a crowd of friends or a crowd of co-workers. It could be a crowd of social media uh, it, 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 or even a, a crowd of, of stuff from our past that's just in us. But it's always there. And it's only grace that helps us choose Jesus time after time. It's only grace. But even Pilate, a man not connected with God at all, is, is able to look at Jesus and see what is right. Here, here is his chance to stand firm against the voices of the crowd. But verse 23 says, but they were urgent. 
demanding with loud voices, loud cries that he should be crucified. And their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they asked. But he delivered Jesus over to their will. The people were insistent with continuous loud chanting, crucify him, crucify him, give us Barabbas, give us Barabbas, uh, 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 crucify him. Their voices were literally pressing and pushing against Pilate and, and any convictions that Pilate might have had. Has anyone ever given in to a child after they asked for a thing 999 times? Their, their voice presses against you, against your mind, against your last nerve. Until they win and get the thing that they want, which may have only been a piece of candy or another glass of water before it was time to go to bed. But these voices, not like the child, pressed in, pressed in. This crowd is pressing for the blood of Jesus to be shed. Pilate may have intended to let Jesus go. But in the end, his actions match the desires of the crowd. So good intentions don't always count. From his judgment seat, Pilate announces that the murderer will be released. And Jesus would be sentenced and delivered for them to carry out their will. Even though it was the will of the people uh, uh, for Jesus to die, we know that it was it was also, it was the will of God for sins to be paid for in this way. An ungodly exchange was made there at the judgment seat in Gabbatha. The, the innocent exchanged for the guilty, a, a substitution. This, this is a picture of grace for the guilty, like pictures from the past when God allowed the innocent lamb to be taken and killed so that the guilty person might go free. Jesus, the lamb of God, is now being offered up on behalf of the guilty. He replaces Barabbas, who should have been held and executed for his crimes. But the picture of grace here is still limited. It's, it's not complete because unlike This scene that we read in Scripture, the grace of God is an act of mercy shared freely by him. It's a gift, not a response to any pressing demands from people. Uh, You can't shout God into his grace. It's, It's free, but only available through faith in who Jesus is. A faith that acknowledges his innocence and and your own guilt. God's grace is only for the guilty. I know someone's going to want to argue with me about it, but God's grace is only for the guilty. 
Only the guilty who acknowledged that what Jesus was going through and was about to suffer was on their behalf. Not, not sure, I'm not sure what happened to Barabbas after he was released. But I know for sure if he never repented, believed and admitted what Jesus had done for him, he has a death sentence that he'll never get out of. Pilate pronounced his final judgment. The crowd would get their way with Jesus, and the will of the crowd for him is to not only uh, to be put to death, but to be crucified. That is to be hung on a cross, to suffer horribly, to be put to an open shame. Matthew uh, chapter 27, in uh, verses 26 through 30, tells us a little more what it looked like after Jesus was delivered for the will of the crowd. He says, then he, Pilate, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisting together a crown of thorns they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand and kneeling before him they mocked him saying hail king of the Jews and they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. After beating him with a whip, with multiple straps, having sharp pieces of metal and bone in it that tore the flesh, they mocked and spit on him, sending him carrying his cross up to a skull-shaped hill called Golgotha. Not even a week before this, Jesus was being celebrated, entering Jerusalem on a young donkey, uh, the crowds waving their palms, uh, yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed be the king. Now he's here abandoned, rejected, beaten, and sentenced to death. He's on the road to the resurrection. On Good Friday, we'll, we'll, look, we'll, look, uh, we'll stop and take a closer look at him there on the cross. But right now, let, let's, uh, let us be challenged by this scripture to recognize that the exchange of the innocent for the guilty at this trial, a picture of grace for the guilty, is a picture that's still as important today as it was that day. How many of us realize that we should all be wearing name tags that say, I am Barabbas? Our, Our crimes might look different than his, but, but we can be reminded by Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 that, that tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift 
through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, Jesus exchanged his life for our freedom. He freed us from death row, gave us grace when we were guilty. But it's not just relevant for us today. How many in your circle of influence, how many are there that that need to know that Jesus took their place and offers them this same grace today. I, I, if, you, if I can, I, I just want to issue a, a challenge, an encouragement, an exhortation. Make a plan. Not, 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 a, not the kind of plan that Pilate made that was shaky and wavery. Make a plan and commit to sharing this good news with someone this week. Make a plan and commit to it. To let someone know there's grace for the guilty. There's grace for the guilty. I, I, I was uh, talking to another pastor and I was saying, I, preaching through this series of messages, I feel like I've just been leaving the church with bad news every Sunday. But I, but I recognize even in the bad news, there's good news. In fact, there can't be good news without the bad news. It's, it's connected. Uh, guilt is it as, a much, as much a part of, of salvation as grace is? The good news, let me just tag this on. The good news is that even though Jesus was at that seat and there was a, a governor there at the state level judging his trial, there's a supreme court. There's one who sits higher and that judges all things. And his judgment will stand. And his judgment is that whosoever shall believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this word and your good news. Let this word, Lord, be rooted in our hearts, growing in our spirits, and overcome our flesh forever. Help us, lead us, guide us, empower us to be about your mission. Help us to have eyes to see the one who needs to hear this good news, Lord, and the boldness to share it with them. As we remember, Lord, this time of suffering, Lord, but also this time of resurrection. Glory be to your name. Amen.